This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a poodle pamperer, piano tuner, or plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. Welcome to one more edition of Politics and Random. Berto Will is your host. Today, I'm honored to speak with uh, Dr. John Feiss. He is a professor at uh, Lone Star College. He also runs the Center for, I forgot the name. What's the name of? Civic Engagement. The Center of Civic Engagement. I mean, uh, this guy is one of the stalwarts in our community, both for uh, ensuring that people engage in activism and otherwise in a civil manner. Um, welcome aboard Politics and Right. John, how you doing? Thanks, Egberto. I'm doing pretty good. Well, you, you kind of uh, shocked me a few, a few days ago with an email that you sent me as a consummate progressive. One of the things that I believe in is that we ought to give some sort of a student loan forgiveness. And the, to be blunt, for me, I, I thought across the board made a lot of sense. I think uh, you took exception to that and you also wrote, an, or rather you, 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 you part, passed an article that sort of gave you some concern. So why don't you kind of lay out the scenario for me and then we'll take it from there. Yeah, so I know this is a big, big part of the progressive agenda is student loan forgiveness. Um, and I just don't think, I mean, I'm progressive, as you know, um, and I like to look long-term at the chances for a progressive agenda, and I don't think student loan forgiveness is useful or valuable in gaining the votes of people that have left the progressive side of politics. Um, I think part of what we have to do is look at the facts about student loan debt. Because we tend to hear examples or horror stories, the kid who graduates from college with $100,000 in student loan debt. But when you look at the facts, half of all under undergraduates graduate with less than $20,000. And undergraduate degrees to earn an undergraduate degree is about 75% of all the students that take out student loans, but they're only about half the debt that is accumulated. Half of the debt, the other half of the debt is accumulated by people getting graduate and professional degrees. They're the ones that are getting the big debt, med school, law school, MBAs, pharmacy doctors, nursing students. Um, 
those are the ones that tend to accumulate over $20,000 in debt. Um, and they're paid when they get out of school, they're paid in a way that allows them to pay back the debt. So I think that's one problem. It's a transfer of wealth up from the working class. And I think when the working class, with all the issues they're dealing with, when progressives are proposing a program that's gonna transfer wealth up to the wealthier, to the doctors, to the lawyers, that's not a way to win working class votes. 6% of student loan borrowers owe one third of all the debt. Okay, 6% owe one third. So that's a real problem. The other thing I think we have to think about is what sort of message are we sending? Um, as you know, I've been firmly against for-profit colleges. I think Absolutely. they, yeah. yeah, they take advantage of people. Well, for-profit colleges, half their students graduate with more than $40,000 in student debt. So we're essentially subsidizing for-profit colleges a second time, as opposed to public or private not-for-profit colleges. Um, so I just think there's other ways to attack the problem rather than a blanket, we're forgiving all student debt. Clearly, one and a half trillion dollars of student debt is an issue, but for most college graduates, the debt levels are manageable and there's ways to deal with it without making it a transfer of wealth to the well-educated. Earlier on, uh, when we discussed this, you gave an example, and it wasn't even an example with a rich kid. It was an example with maybe a poor to middle class kid that really irked you. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about that so that people can see that you're not coming from a position of, uh, well, I don't want to help the, the, the student who can't go to school, but we just need to do it in a manner where it's not a transfer of wealth. So... Yeah, I teach at a community college, and clearly this is not the rule for community college students, but I see a number of students that use student loan debt to subsidize their lifestyle. So one of my students was talking about his new gaming computer that he had bought, $4,000. I said, how'd you afford that? And he smiled and said, student loans just came through. They were just released. Um, I've had other students that have gotten apartments by themselves, no roommates, and paid for it with student loans. Or they use their student loans on a down, down payment for a new car. So I think a lot of times young people sort of see student loans as free money. They don't think about the backside of repaying it. And they, use, they take out what they can and subsidize their living arrangements and subsidize their lifestyle. Um, I've had other students that have taken out student, student loans to go on study abroad programs. And those are not the kinds of things that are essential to a college degree. 
Now, uh, wouldn't you say, however, though, that uh, we do want to have uh, that maybe what you, what you're asking in the back in rather going forward is that we are more responsible in the way we award student loans. Uh, and then, uh, but on the back end, we have to find a way to mitigate what we've done wrong in the way that we put out the loans. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think we need to reform higher education without a doubt. Um, college is becoming increasingly difficult for working class people to attain and to pay for. You know, we've all seen the charts about the inflation and in college tuition. Um, How true? People... Let, let, me, let me stop you there because that, that is an important point. How true is it that we have inflation in education versus states given corporations breaks that or otherwise would have gone to fund education? Well, so I think it's a multi-layered problem. Colleges used to be subsidized. State colleges used to be subsidized at a much higher level by states. Right. And a lot of that public spending has gone away. Um, but also there's been inflation in the costs of college generally and in the tuition of colleges that doesn't take into account that's sort of besides the, the point of state funding. So private colleges, I went to University of Tulsa as an undergraduate, I think my tuition was about $3,000. It's now about $40,000. I would never be able to go that school today um, on a middle-class income. Now, why is it $40,000? Let, let's stick to that one that you particularly know of. Tulsa was 3,000 for you back in the 80s. And now we are in the 20s, 2020s, it's 40,000. That is way over the rate of inflation. Uh, what's the reason for that? Well, there's a lot of reasons. Um, and I'm not really, uh, I'm not an expert on what University of Tulsa, of Tulsa has done in the last 40 years and how they've decided to spend their money. That is an example that illustrates a trend Baylor's the same thing. Um, lots of most private schools, their tuitions have gone up exponentially. Um, and I can send you a chart on inflation and higher education. So private schools were never um, subsidized by the states in the same way. But you could actually afford to go there with a Pell Grant and without much additional aid if you were a middle class family. Um, but I think there's been, there've been a lot more gimmicks added to education. So when you and I went to college, we lived in a dorm room. There was a phone at the end of the hall. Maybe you had cable TV for 50 bucks a month. Uh, maybe you had a car, although lots of my friends did not, some did. Um, today, Dorms are like apartments. There's a competition. There are luxury apartments now that cater to students. Um, I read something about LSU. They have a lazy river on campus. <laughs> you got to be kidding okay? me. Um, so there's a lot of money being spent on those kinds of things. I think also there's a lot of sort of administrative bloat. 
any administrator, whether it's in the federal government or a corporation or a college, their self-interest is to grow their particular unit in budget, personnel, and responsibility. That's how they become more important within the framework of an administrative hierarchy. So I think there's been a lot of money spent on that. I think there's a lot of money spent on recruiting top-notch professors that often do not teach. I think there's a lot of money spent paying administrators. Um, so when I... 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. In the 70s and 80s, it was typical that a college president would be a faculty member that would serve for a few years and then go back to, the, to teaching and a new pre president would come in. Now, college, college presidents are often retired politicians, retired generals, and they're paid commensurately. So, you know, UT had uh, McRaven was their chancellor. Mm -hmm. um, Lawrence Summers left Obama or went to Harvard and was the president. Donna Shalala at University of Miami. So there's a lot of examples like that of non-academic people coming in and running colleges and their priorities are different. So I think what you're saying then, um, for it, it turns out that uh, in as much as, let's say you give us the anecdotal star, uh, uh, stories of what, what young people have done with student loans, uh, what would your, I, I know you have to just pull it off the top of your head, you're in the field, you talk to a whole lot of students, you have thousands of students you go, you've gone through, what would be your thoughts as far as percentage of people who really misuse student loans? I'm not talking about the price of college, but I'm talking about outright misuse of college loans. I don't think it's most students that willfully misuse student loans. Mm -hmm. I think what happens is college colleges sell a life that what you're going to be able to do here during the four years, and there's a lot of competition for that. Um, so they have all sorts of sort of fringe benefits that they try to sell students on. Fancier dorm rooms, the Lazy River, a top sports program that all take money away from the primary academic pursuits. So I think that's a part of it that has led to higher costs. And then students 
are more than happy to borrow money to go to those particular schools. Um, I think higher education has lost some of its uh, focus on education and has gotten into too many auxiliary things. The other thing that happens is... Uh, time out. Uh, when you say that, that they've gotten into too many auxiliary things, what are we talking about? Football and the others or... Well, yeah, all sorts of sports, most of which for most schools are money losers. I think all the accoutrement of lazy rivers and great gyms and things that are a lot of glitz, but aren't part of the essential academic pursuits. And one thing that's happened is that full-time faculty at most research universities don't teach much because they're supposed to research. Um, so a lot of that teaching is left to graduate students that are very cheap or poorly paid or adjuncts that are poorly paid. Um, I mean, higher education is a very valuable thing. Estimates are that if you have a bachelor's degree, you'll earn a million dollars more than somebody that doesn't over the course of your lifetime. So there's a value in higher education. The question becomes, how do you make it affordable and at the same time prevent abuse? And part of that is for-profit colleges are a big part of the problem. Um, part of it is people need to think about college as sort of as I tell my students, you have your whole life to live. You'll have plenty of time to buy things. You'll have plenty of time for the new car or the great computer. You'll have plenty of time to have a nice apartment. During college, give up some of those things because if you don't, if you borrow money now to live a little better, you'll end up living worse later because you'll have to pay it all back. And that's a message that really has to be sent to young people. Um, there's some ways to deal with this problem. I mean, we need to increase grants to students going to school. We could provide, because another problem is a lot of students take out loans and then don't graduate. Okay. Mm -hmm. So rather than giving loans by the semester, give grants and then provide graduation incentives. Or if you're successful at the end of the semester, your next semester's tuition gets paid for. Um, some things like that. And I'm not completely opposed to forgiving some student debt. I think we could do a tiered system by income. So people that graduate from college and are making under say $40,000 a year could have a percentage of their debt um, forgiven every year. There's some ways like with AmeriCorps or Peace Corps where you can get some of your debt forgiven. Even professionals like lawyers can get a lot of that debt forgiven. So my sister-in-law is a DA, assistant DA. And the reason she became an assistant DA, and I've had some other students do this instead of going to a big law firm, is because she had a lot of student debt. 
And by going to work for the DA's office, she gets a certain amount forgiven right. every year. Um, so in 10 years of working for the DA, she'll have her student loan completely gone in addition to paying for it, paying some every month. Um, so there's some ways to do that. Um, part of the problem is that student loans have become a big moneymaker. For who? For, the, for banks and student loan corporations. So they can give you a loan to go to school. It's guaranteed by the federal government, so there is no risk. And they get to charge interest on that loan. And the federal government pays the interest while you're in school. And when you graduate, if you don't pay it back, the federal government reimburses the people that loaned you the money. And it, if you consolidate loans, because there's not only Stafford loans, there's also, um, which are subsidized, there's also unsubsidized loans. If you consolidate those, then it changes the interest rate. And there are huge consequences for that. Right. Um, so there's some ways to deal with that. I think, for instance, federal government should become the direct lender on all loans and make them interest-free. That's not a problem. But my fundamental issue is this issue of transferring wealth upwards. And remember, Democrats lost because of the rural vote and white working class vote. And many of those people, they're simply never gonna go to college. They don't consider it essential. They don't consider it part of their worldview or their goals in life. And we're not gonna get any of those votes to the progressive cause by eliminating student loan debt. A far better way to do it is to adopt programs that ensure increased wages for the working class at the expense of that top 1%. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber, Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. Whether you're buying a new car or used one, it's a big investment, which is why you should choose Pennzoil Platinum. It helps extend the life of your engine and protect it up to 15 years or 500,000 miles, whichever comes first, guaranteed. That's because Pennzoil's base oil is made from natural gas and 99.5% free from engine clogging impurities. The proof is in the Pennzoil. Enrollment required. Keep your receipts. Other conditions apply. See Pennzoil.com slash warranty for full details. Find it at Firestone Complete Auto Care. Now, um, let, me, let me give a, a, a counter argument and tell me where this one fails in your view. Um, your, your tenet, of course, is that people who get college degrees most... According to the article, though, it, it shows you that people who get AA degrees or BA degrees in, in certain, in certain um, fields, they don't even make enough money to pay back their debt. But um, given that what we, we think is that, or not what we know is that most people who go to college make, um, 
more money, isn't that increase in marginal tax rates uh, a, a sort of a payback to society, even if it's forgiven? Um, that would be true if we actually had increasing marginal tax rates. But our tax system has been so gutted mm -hmm. that today the wealthiest 1% pay a lower tax rate than the poorest 10% of all taxes combined. Yeah, now I, I get that, but let me, let me ask it a, a different way though. If we were to have an equitable system where your income justify, you see, m my thing is uh, we, we're, we have student debt because colleges are expenses, college expensive. Colleges are expensive, one for uh, private schools that rip, rip us off pretty much and private schools that are bloated. Uh, it, it seems to me like we have to fix both of those problems and then find some way to guarantee that everybody can get a bachelor's degree. Uh, and to, to put in, in, my, in my thought process, just like high school uh, once wasn't afforded to most, um, shouldn't college be afforded to most from the general, let's say the general um, purse? Well, there's, I think, I, I agree with you, basically, um, but there's ways to do that. And by forgiving student loans, you're not affording college to most. Right. I, I, no, I mean, I think you've made, I think you've already made the case for that. Not only, I mean, and not only for rich people, I think you've made the case because it, 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 it shows that the way it could be used is, could be abusive for those who desire to make it abusive. And, you know, so, I mean, it seems like there, this is a multi- multi-step, multi-angle approach that needs to be taken towards our student debt problem. Something that I don't think you have in places like, uh, like uh, Germany or even, let's say, Denmark, where you have to prove that you're worthy, that you're going to do the work to go to school, right. and go to college, etc. Yeah, I think a lot of European countries have a sort of track system in, in high school where you get into the college track versus a technical or workforce right. track. Right. I think that sort of runs against the grain of American notions that anybody can be anything, the sort of American dream idea. Um, however, we can adapt some of those within our context. A lot of kids simply don't want to go to college. Right. And if there are more good jobs available, then kids wouldn't feel forced to go to college. I think forcing everyone to go to college turns it into, well, it sort of dilutes the value of college, but everybody that wants to go to college is willing to sacrifice and work hard to be successful in college, should be able to get out of college without a bunch of debt. I think that's a magical phrase right there. And I think the way you have to do that is, first of all, not everybody can go to the college that they choose, that they want to, okay? Um, community college, at the very minimum, should be free, paid for by tax dollars completely. Students would still have a cost in buying books, um, and paying a few miscellaneous fees, but tuition is the bulk of the cost. 
And right now with Pell Grants, most students can go to community college with no out-of-pocket cost. Um, then the question becomes, how do you go on to a bachelor's? Um, I was talking with a student just this week. He's looking at $7,000 a semester for tuition and fees at one of our local Houston four-year colleges. It's, it's a state school. Um, and he doesn't have that kind of money. He'll get 2,500 in Pell Grants, 2,750 in Pell Grants, but he's still got to come up with almost $5,000 and living expenses. So I would say that we do something like the GI Bill for students. Veterans come, they have living expenses paid for, they get their tuition paid, and we could create a program like the GI Bill for all, all students. And there would be some conditions attached um, and simply get rid of the notion of student loans altogether. I agree with that. I agree with that. Well, uh, hey, John, tell me something that you would have liked me to ask you that I didn't ask you before we close out. Um, I would have liked to have spent more time talking about the problem of for-profit schools. Please go ahead. Well, I think education fundamentally should be a not-for-profit enterprise. Um, when people make money on it, it opens up all sorts of problems. Um, and we see that with half, I believe half the uh, student loans go to, half the students who owe more than $40,000 have gone to for-profit schools. The default rates on for-profit schools are two to three times what they are for other types of colleges. Um, so I really think we need to make, get the information out that for-profit schools are a bad idea. Dr. John J. Thice, uh, professor at Lone Star College and the coordinator, director of the Center of Civic Engagement at Lone Star College. Thank you so kindly for having been here on Politics Done Right. Well, thank you, Egberto. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a cucumber. Poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. 
Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a cucumber. Poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber. Signing up to accept touch free payments for your business is easy. Touch free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal.